I love it that Paul used those words to describe this life. Just the light affliction. I can tell you, we have never went through the things that Paul had gone through. But after writing about being hard-pressed, perplexed, persecuted, and struck down, physically perishing, Paul, he says, ah, it's just a light affliction. No biggie. This was because Paul had an eternal perspective, understanding that the trials of this life are only temporary when compared to heaven's eternal glory. You're looking too far for that need you have inside. You're on a big merry-go-round and it's taking you for a ride. You've got to let go and let go. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. Today we're going to be looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. As we continue to journey through the book of 1 and 2 Corinthians... Paul, in both of these books, he is addressing the challenges of his day that the people were facing within the church. And a lot of their challenges dealt with people coming in from the outside, masking themselves as believers and teachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They actually had caused the people to put a veil. We looked at that last week, to put a veil over their face. They could no longer clearly see Jesus because they were clouded with traditions. They were clouded with teachings that were not part of the very word of God, but actually the traditions of men. And we find here in the 21st century that we have these similar veils that have been placed over people within churches, sometimes with good intention, but they actually cause a veil to go over the eyes, blinders to go over the eyes, that they no longer see the truth of Jesus Christ. We know, and we closed last week, acknowledging that the gospel of Jesus Christ is a ministry of transformation, taking ordinary people and molding them into the glorious image of Christ. So today, we're going to look at a message that I, again, just taking the title from the passage itself, Earthen Vessels is the title of our passage today. Looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we're going to see that we preach Jesus, verses 1 through 6. We live Jesus, verses 7 through 15. And we hope in Jesus, verses 16 through 18. We thank you, Lord, for this day that you've given us, a day that you've allowed us to gather together, whether in person, on radio, or through 
our Facebook feed, Lord, you've allowed us to gather to worship you, to look into your word. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to understand that we preach Jesus. We are to stand upon the gospel of Jesus Christ and no other. So help us to see, Lord, that which the Holy Spirit instructed for the church of the first century. Lord, it's a message that still needs to be heard here in the 21st century. Lord, help us to be those earthen vessels that desire to live Christ before others and before our Father in heaven, God. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. As we pick up in verses 8 through 12, he said, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, yet not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus might be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. Paul and Timothy, if you remember back in chapter 1, Paul and Timothy writing this letter, they understood that deliverance began with the acceptance of Jesus as both the Savior and Lord over their lives. For only Jesus is able to deliver us from the sting of death and sin. Although their deliverance began with salvation, it continues with God's watchful care over our lives. Jesus never forsakes those who follow him, for he always keeps our feet from falling. This is something that David understood, our great psalmist. In Psalm 9:10, he said, And those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Jesus never forsakes those who follow after him. But David also wrote in Psalm 56, 13, For you have delivered my soul from death, and you have kept my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living. David understood who his deliverer was. We, as believers, should understand that Jesus Christ is our deliverer. And though we all go through difficult times in this life, Sometimes these difficult times, well, they're caused by others. Sometimes they're simply caused by the circumstances of life. Other times we're the cause. And although we may feel hard-pressed, perplexed, persecuted, or struck down, we need to realize that we are not forsaken by the Lord who continually watches over those who set their hope in Jesus. One of the authors that is a favorite of mine Sir Ian Thomas, or Major Ian Thomas, a military man by the major there in the British Army, but also a great evangelist in his own right, wrote some wonderful books, no longer living among us, but he said, God's purpose in the cross of Jesus Christ was twofold. First, that we might be forgiven, being saved from the sin's penalty that Christ died for us. And second, that we might be delivered from sin's power because this old sinful nature 
called the flesh, died with him. Sir Ian Thomas, God's purpose of the cross was twofold, that he might save us from the penalty of sin, but also deliver us from the old sinful nature. That it's a continual work that God does in our lives. We are saved, but this work of deliverance continues as he continues to shape us, to mold us into the image of Christ as we live in this life. We are those vessels of faith, verses 13 through 15. Those vessels of faith, Paul saying that we have the same faith according to what was written. I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. That same spirit of faith that Paul referred to, it actually comes from Psalm 116. He's quoting from Psalm 116 there, saying that, I believe, therefore I spoke. Some believe that Psalm 116 refers to a time when God had rescued the children of Israel from certain death. There's no author acknowledged here in Psalm 116. So I can't say that this was David or Solomon or Moses or one of the sons of Asaph. We don't know who is the author of this particular psalm. So they look at the content of the psalm itself where Paul, quoting from it, says, I believe, therefore I spoke. And some believe that God had rescued Israel from some certain death. Others speculate that the psalmist was actually looking forward to the time of Jesus going to the cross and foretelling of his emotions. We do know that Psalm 116 is one of the Hillel Psalms. That means that this psalm was sung by Jesus after he finished that supper with his disciples as they made their way to the Garden of Gethsemane. The Bible tells us, and they sang a hymn and went out. This would have been one of the songs that they sung. So the same spirit of faith that was found in the Old Testament saints, that was found in Jesus as he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, caused Paul and his ministry team to believe in Jesus, share the gospel with others. As he said, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. But this gospel that they foretold of not only spoke about salvation, but it speaks about a resurrection. It's the true gospel of Jesus Christ that's to be preached in order that people will be saved. Romans 10 verses 9 through 10, it says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God is raised from the dead, then you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So it is true that the gospel of Jesus Christ is preached in order that people might be saved. But it's also true that the gospel of Jesus Christ is preached in order that we might be raised. That we might be raised up as the Bible tells us in Romans 6.4. Therefore we were buried with him through the baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should be raised to walk in newness of life. It's a gospel that is preached that we might be saved, but that we might be raised up to walk in newness of life. It speaks of a resurrection both here and also in the future. When we'll be 
raised up into heaven's glory as well. Paul endured the hardships of ministry, understanding that one day he and the Corinthian believers would stand together at the throne of God. We endure because we understand that one day we will stand together at the throne of God. I don't know if Peter will do a roll call and at some point he'll get around to Pastor John and say, Pastor John, Calvary Chapel, Lake Villa, get up here. All right, it's our turn, guys. Let's go. I don't know what it's going to be like, but Paul envisioned not only that he would be standing before God, but the Corinthian believers standing with him as well. We should have that same envisioning in our own hearts, our own minds. We endure, therefore, all things for the sake of the elect, 2 Timothy 2.10. We endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. We live Jesus in order that the power of the gospel might touch the heart of others, that they too might believe. It's why we are to conduct ourselves as followers of Jesus Christ. People should be able to know that you love Jesus by the way you conduct yourself. Maybe you help it out by putting some pretty radical stickers on your vehicle. Maybe you wear some t-shirts to just let people know that you love Jesus. But even if you take away the stickers on your vehicle or the t-shirts that you clothing or hats that you might wear, they should be able to see that you live Christ before others. You should be able to see how you conduct yourselves that in these earthen vessels, what happens with an earthen vessel? They often get cracked up. They often leak. When we leak, we should leak Jesus to others. The light of Jesus Christ should shine forth that they could see what's inside and the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Verses 16 through 18, we hope in Jesus. Paul says, therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us for a far more exceeding and eternal weight in glory. While we do not look at the things which are, which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary but the things which are not seen are eternal. So he closes out this chapter talking about our focus that we have. First of all, we are not to lose heart because of the great glories that await us. Not only that we have been forgiven of our sins, but one day we will be resurrected into the glories of heaven that we'll stand together before the throne of Christ. For those glories that await those who believe in Jesus, Paul he recognized this. He says, we do not lose hope. Even though he had just previously written that they had been hard-pressed, perplexed, persecuted, and struck down. Even though these things were currently going on, they set their hope in Jesus Christ. They looked to Jesus. Even though their physical bodies were growing older and would one day perish, they set their hope in Jesus Christ. They did not lose heart because 
They were inwardly being renewed day by day. 2 Corinthians 5.1, Paul would pick up on this as we will get into the next chapter next week, Lord willing. For we know that our earthly house, this tent, is being destroyed. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. This earthly house, this tent, mine's getting a little more worn and tattered in these latter days. I'm trying to do my best to hold on to everything I have as long as I'm here on this earth. But I know that there is a, a building not made with hands, that the Lord has something far better, far greater for me. Although we can't always see it, God is at work renewing the lives who strive to walk in faith, conforming us into the image of God. For those who love Jesus, even though the outward circumstances of our life, sometimes they may be described as being hard-pressed, perplexed, persecuted, and struck down. But those who trust in Jesus, God is at work. He is renewing us day by day, inwardly, the inward man, the inward woman. John would write in 1 John 3, 2, Beloved, now we are the children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Not quite sure what that mansion that the Lord is preparing for us, those new bodies that the Lord is preparing for us in the eternal realm is going to be like. Even the Apostle John said, not quite sure. It hasn't been revealed yet. But when it is revealed, we know that we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. We're going to be like Jesus. One day we're going to be like Jesus in heaven. This day we're to reflect Jesus then to others. Let his light shine through us to others. For this light affliction, I love it that Paul used those words to describe this life. Just the light affliction. I can tell you, the majority of the followers of Jesus Christ, we have never went through the things that Paul had gone through. And he'll talk about them later in this epistle. But after writing about being hard-pressed, perplexed, persecuted, and struck down, physically perishing, Paul, he says, ah, it's just a light affliction. No biggie. This was because Paul had an eternal perspective, understanding that the trials of this life are only temporary when compared to heaven's eternal glory. Job had this type of perspective as well. I love these uh, three verses in Job 19. I often use them when conducting a funeral for people especially if I know that they are believers. Job would say, For I know that my Redeemer lives, and that he shall stand at last upon this earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold him, and not another, how my heart yearns within me. Job, going through great calamity at this point in his life 
he cried out this great proclamation of faith. He says, I know that my Redeemer lives. The Hebrew word for Redeemer there is Goel. And it refers to a person that defends or avenges the cause of another. And Job not only knew that his Redeemer would avenge his cause, he knew that one day he would stand upon this earth. He knew that one day, even though after his flesh was destroyed, he said, with my eyes, I shall see him. He looked beyond the physical into the eternal. Job knew that one day he would see God. This was the yearning that Paul had as well. It's the same yearning that we should have in this life. God's redemptive power is a gift of everlasting life to those who believe in our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1, 7 says, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of His grace. We need to realize that whatever glimpse of Jesus that we might get while on this earth, know that seeing Him when we're in heaven will far exceed anything that we could have dreamed about upon this earth. That's why we're not to look to this world for our hope. We live in this world. We're to conduct ourselves as citizens of this world. But we know that our dwelling here is only temporary. For this world, as beautiful as it might be at times, and there are some beautiful things that take place, there are some beautiful places within this world that we can see. It's only temporary, but Jesus Christ is eternal. That's why Paul would write in Philippians 3, verses 20 and 21, our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that we might be conformed into his glorious body according to the working by which he is able to even subdue all things to himself. Our hope in Jesus gives us a proper perspective of the temporal world that we find ourselves in. It does not, it cannot compare with the glories that God has awaiting for us in heaven. That we live in these earthen vessels. But in these earthen vessels, we preach Jesus in order that the light of Jesus Christ might shine upon others. We are not to contain the light of Jesus as believers, as followers of Christ, just to have this knowledge locked up within. We're to let it out. We're to share it with others. We preach Jesus that others might have the light of Jesus shine upon their lives. We live Jesus in order that the power of the gospel might touch the hearts of others. And we hope in Jesus because we realize that in this life, Jesus said, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We live Jesus. We hope in Jesus because it helps us give a proper perspective of this life that it's only temporary. And for me, it's a little more temporary than it used to be. I'm looking forward to the work that God would have me to do until he calls me home. But also looking forward to that 
glorious resurrection that awaits me and those who have their faith in Jesus Christ. We preach Jesus, and I hope that you have received the mercies of God through the grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, Father, as we close out this time of worship with a song today, Lord, my heart's prayer, Lord, is for everyone who's hearing my voice this hour or perhaps listening later in a recording, Lord, that though they understand that our bodies are these earthen vessels, Lord, if their vessel is filled with the things of this world and not with Jesus, I pray, Lord, that they would this day surrender their heart to you, that they might know the salvation that can only come through you. Just as Paul came to this understanding, Lord, just as many of us here in this church have this understanding, I pray, Lord, that we would be those who would be willing to preach Jesus, to live Jesus and hope in Jesus that others might come to this truth as well. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today. Let go.